My name is Ashley Watts, and you're listening to the podcast Close to Home. I'm the Executive Director of York County All on Board, and today we're going to be talking about underage drinking. Today our guest is Abby Steele. Nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Ashley. So, Abby, you work for Keystone Substance Abuse Services, and you're also the All Youth on Board Coordinator. Yeah, so I am the Prevention Coordinator at Keystone. My job is to coordinate events and also to specialize in doing Red Ribbon Week events, just community events, community outreach, as well as do our life skills program in our schools. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast was to talk a little bit about underage drinking. So one of the things that I've noticed in the coronavirus pandemic is a lot of people have talked about increased anxiety, and we've also seen an increase in alcohol sales that have been concerning. So some of the information that we've heard is just that there's been a spike in not only alcohol sales in the U.S., which is like a 55% increase since COVID-19, but also we know online alcohol sales are up 243%. But what do we know about when there's more access to alcohol in the community? What are your concerns in terms of prevention with youth when that happens? So in a prevention aspect, when we're looking at it in a prevention kind of scope, we're looking at that access that kids have the availability to it. Kids have that availability to order um, from a certain store, and we just want to make sure that our agencies, our companies, our alcohol salespeople are checking IDs, making sure that they're still following the same procedures as they will if they were open normally. That is one of our concerns. So according to the CDC, alcohol is the most commonly used and abused drug among youth in the United States. What are some things that we can do as a community, as a parent, as an educator to prevent teen or alcohol? Um, in a prevention field, one of the most important things is just talking. Um, whether you're a parent, whether you're a guardian, whether you're just a really good mentor for a student or a youth. One of the important things is just educating youth right now about what's going on, the truth, the facts about what can happen if they get into high risk choices using alcohol and just be really real with them. That's really all they're looking for. Once a student or a youth is more educated, they tend to make better decisions. So especially as a parent, um, I'm thinking about graduation season since I know it's the schools have been really awesome in York County to try to find an alternative way for them to graduate in a way that their family can celebrate them, but still safe distancing in terms of our um, governor's ordinance and in terms of safety for the students. So things are going to look different this year. Wanted to ask you a little bit about um, social hosting. Obviously, we worry about an increase in underage drinking, but particularly this year, I think we have a lot of concerns. Tell me some of the ways that we can kind of navigate that or as a parent or a member of the community kind of decrease the likelihood that our teens will engage in risky alcohol. And I can completely relate. I'm in the same boat. I'm home. I'm getting antsy. I'm a social but butterfly, so I want to be out there. But it's really important to still keep in your mind um, that it's, it's still not healthy for youth to use alcohol and don't be a party to teenage drinking. Make sure you know the rules, the laws, there's fees that can be involved, jail time that can be involved, whether or not you're in a COVID environment or not. These are still laws in place to make sure that we protect our community and our, our youth. Um, we want to make sure that no parents are sued, no children's lives are lost, um, but we want to make sure that everybody knows um, when it comes to social hosting that it's it's not a matter of being someone's friend but being someone's protector. We want, want to make sure we're protecting our youth. So in South Carolina there is a law concerning social hosting mm -hmm. and so if I'm a parent can I in my home provide alcohol to them legally? 
So the way the law reads, you are legally allowed to give your own child alcohol within your roof. However, if your child goes outside of the house and they're under the influence, let's say they decide to drive, whatever circumstances come out of that, you are liable. And that does not give you any right under that law to give your child's friends alcohol or to give anyone within your roof that's not your biological child alcohol. So it is a law that you are, however, being really careful of the risk that can happen if you do. So as a parent, um, one, I want to be very responsible if I was going to allow my child to drink under my roof. Um, I want to think about that very carefully about, mm -hmm. because there are some negative effects of alcohol use on the teen brain and the body. Can you tell us a little bit about that, some risks? Yeah, so not most, well, we're, I hope we're educating people enough to finally know that our brains really don't fully develop until we're 25, sometimes even till we're 30. So when we're talking about uh, our brains, they develop from the back to the front, and our front part is in charge of making decisions, weighing our pros and cons, our judgment skills, all things that we really, we should, we should have and we need to have it to the fullest potential to be um, great citizens for our country and great parents for our future children. Um, so when we're talking about brain development and alcohol use when we're younger, they have increased likelihood that they can have addiction. They have increased likelihood that they can make decisions very impulsively that can make a big influence and impact on their life now and in the future. The National Institute of Alcohol Abuse, I read that among individuals aged 18 to 30 admitted to treatment facilities, 74% of those began substance use at the age of 17 or younger. So that younger age, um, having a, a student or child start drinking at a younger age actually does have risk later on. And one of those risks is it increases my likelihood of developing substance use issues with drinking as I get older. Yes, ma'am. That addiction can increase uh, four times even if you just have a family history. So that has a play, genetics has a, a huge role in that as well. So keeping in mind, talking to your, um, your youth about if it runs in your family, having those honest conversations saying, hey, this is something that our family deals with. You have to be really careful when it comes to this because that is a genetic factor as well. Uh, in increasing amounts, how you use it, how many times you use it in a day and your genetics are really important. So I read another article that was talking about genetics and that it can influence even how you experience alcohol. So on any time, the first time I try alcohol or even as I use alcohol, I may have a lower tolerance, which could be influenced by, by genetics, or I could have particularly unpleasant response when I'm drinking. I know mm -hmm. some cultures more so than others, but I might have a flushing response or face gets red, I feel hot, I like it. Um, another way genetics can influence me is I might have more pleasure than other people. So those are things that as a family we might want to consider because that would definitely increase my risk later on as well. And those are things we might not think about when thinking about, you know, oh, it's just a sip or a beer. We might rationalize those thoughts but it's important to be educated about long term how can that affect them exactly. and it's really important to know too your portion sizes when it comes to alcohol it really i think as a society we feel like oh one glass of wine all the way to the rim but really those standard drink sizes are way lower than what we kind of perceive as a society we're talking about a margarita it has three standard drinks within one drink so yes you have one drink but it's equal to three drinks so that's when you have to kind to consider not driving so things like that is really important. and I've even seen restaurants they'll display something about a fishbowl margarita 
up. So those might even be more than three drinks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, depending on who's making it is a really big factor of that as well. What kind of things should we talk to them about in a family to restrict their alcohol use? If we're concerned about their use, what are some things that we can tell them or some ways that we can actually discourage them from experimenting with alcohol as they're younger? So I do encourage, and we do this all the time, we have a program, it's called Life Skills, and we go into the sixth grade classes and we talk to our middle schoolers and we're honest with them. We talk about myths and facts and make it a game. I do encourage you not to use scare tactics. They're not considered very, uh, they're not evidence-based. It's not proven to help with anything. So steering away from you're gonna die to more of here, this is what can happen, this is a risk. And what we do with our youth is we make it fun. We don't lecture, but we educate. We make sure they know about alcohol poisoning. We make sure if they find themselves in a situation, they know what to do. Know, knowing your expectations as a parent is really important. If you find yourself in this situation, are they supposed to call you? Are they supposed to let you know? What kind of way do you want them to let you know? And just kind of being proactive about that is really important, especially in our society right now in these days. So having clear guidelines and rules in our family about what, what is permissible and what's not permissible, why we set these guidelines, and then following through with that um, tends to, I think from what I've read and what you say, tends to have a more positive impact on underage drinking, whereas scare tactics or just making empty threats really doesn't have as much of an impact. We want to have like a calm you know, conversation with our, our children about as they're getting older about alcohol, how it affects the body and the brain, how it could affect some negative consequences that could happen, and then being very clear that we have, we're on the same page when we're talking about what a drink is, mm -hmm. because a lot of people might not be really clear on that. And it's really important to not telling any one particular parent how to parent. Mm -hmm. uh, every child is so different, and only you know your child specifically, and it's really important to know what um, your child needs to know and what your child really doesn't need to know right now. Um, so that, that's kind of like a fine line, but you know your child, nobody knows your child more than you do. So knowing those boundaries, what to tell them, and just realizing and remembering we all were kids one day, we all make mistakes, but teaching through those mistakes is really important. And it sounds like something you said earlier about only we know our family history and what's going on in our family. So that's something we might want to consider. And that'd be different for every parent. Mm -hmm. We all have different histories. We have different genetics. We've had different experiences with alcohol. And maybe our experiences kind of color the way our family makes decisions about those things. You mentioned modeling earlier. So in terms of a parent, especially with kids being home with parents a lot, what are some positive ways that parents can model behaviors when it comes to alcohol or substance use. Yeah, well modeling is really important. A lot of times kids are watching what we do more than they're listening to what we say, especially with parents. Um, with parents, they really just watch. They don't listen a lot. So it's really important to be that role model for them, making sure that you're following the same guidelines you're placing on them, making sure you're not eating, you're not drinking on an empty stomach, you're um, making sure you're following those healthy, low choice guidelines, maybe just one drink while you're out, not binge drinking so they don't see that kind of habit and expect that to be the normal. Um, knowing um, your own boundaries and knowing to the point of, yes, this is a legal substance, however, there's risk to it, 
and it could be used in a social environment, but this is how it could be. So making sure you're that positive influence. And I also read another study that was talking about adolescents who are allowed to drink at home are more likely to drink more heavily outside the home. And certainly that's not the case in every or every instance, but something for us to consider as a parent to really look at that research, look at some guidelines. Are there some good websites that parents could check out? Mothers Against Drunk Driving, they have a lot of great resources. Hadka, um, we do have a bunch of parent um, resources. We have Operation Parent. It does a lot, it's not specifically alcohol, but it has a lot of different ranges, aspects, anxiety, other substances, and it goes beyond just the basics, but teaching you or kind of coaching you through how to handle this situation if you're in it, or if you see this, or if you're going through it, or even if you haven't gone through it, how to kind of talk to your child about that. So what about Keystone's Prevention Department? Could we call, are we able to access some resources there through you guys? Yes, of course. We are always here for our community. We have the ability to come out to you for free, or if you want to come and do a presentation, we have um, so many different presentations we can do with community youth groups or um, if you have a party, <laughs> um, we can come and do a little something with them and we're trying to make it fun. We're trying to do some escape rooms, some scavenger hunts. We have a drug trivia game that's a life-size board game, but we're trying to make it fun for our kids to be educated and know um, the risks that are out there with substances. How important, so we talked about parental impact, how important do you think peer influence is when it comes to alcohol use in teens and also tell us a little bit about your all youth on board club and how that kind of works together to deal with peer influence in a positive way when it yes. comes to underage drinking so when we're talking about peer um just as equal to parent uh, approval peer approval is right up there um, if they're seeing it in their home, they're, they're kind of accepting it, they're kind of saying this is the norm, it's important to kind of have those boundaries, but as well if they're hanging out with peers that see it as normal, then they're more likely to see it as normal as well. So working on all aspects as a community is really important. Uh, we have a great group of youth who believe and support the community when it comes to anti-substance use. And these youth are, I call them heroes because they're going against the grain, against the um, popular thing to do, against the popular um, saying of stay away from that, don't even talk about it with adults, but they're saying and they're being that positive influence to their peers saying, hey, I decided I'm not gonna do this. Either I just strongly believe that or have family members who have and I've seen that impact. And these youth have come from all different aspects of life and when we put them together, they're such a strong influence on each other and on their community. So it's really important to know that as well as, as on their siblings. So it's important to be that uh, that mentor for your youth as well. How would I get my child involved? Yeah, there's multiple uh, ways to do that because we do a bunch of different um, activities. And if they're just kind of wanting to see what it's like, we do a lot of volunteer events. We do a lot of events, alternative activities. We've been to the escape room. We've done some Zoom calls. Um, we've done a lot of things out in the community. We have our talent show that's been really, really just uplifting for the community and the kids. But they can do one of two things. They can contact me asteel at keystoneyork.org or via phone 323-6397 or they can go ahead and go to the um the website so www.allonboard 
org and they can go on our youth page and just see what we're about see if that's even something they'll be interested in see if they'll make a good fit because it's just a great place to meet people who have the same passion as you do i think y'all do a pretty good job keeping up on social media instagram you have an account twitter and facebook so if they're interested they yeah. can always check us out there and see some of, of our students i think y'all are highlighting seniors this month um, mm -hmm. for graduation yeah, so of course, how can I forget? Social media is a big one. So social media aspects, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those things. Our, our kids keep us young. And um, we really, really, really want to show the support for our, our seniors. So we are highlighting them individually and we're giving them the shout out they deserve. Um, we also have other members who aren't seniors who are going to stay stick with us through it and are going to be our leaders for this next group that are coming through. So I really urge you, if you have a youth that you know that wants to be involved, we encourage any person at any aspect of their life um, to join us. And if you want to be a liaison and want to help out, we encourage that as well. So we do hold our kids to a responsibility of just being that mentor. If you're going to be a part of a club that is about being substance free, we do hold our kids to that. That A lot of these high schoolers are about to have a lot of responsibility as they go on campus in the fall if they're in a, in a college. and. So modeling good guidelines and having these discussions is probably more important than ever. We're around our kids more. It's important to not be judgmental, but like you said, give the facts, not scare tactics, and really talk to them about our expectations and some concerns about getting in a college setting and you know underage drinking, binge drinking, what the effects are. Yeah, so if you yourself or, or youth and you're talking to them uh, about consequences and situations, if they find themselves in a situation, we have what's called the Good Samaritan Law. And the Good Samaritan Law, it just kind of protects the person to make sure that the other person gets the help they need. So it's, it's really, um, I hate to call it the get out of jail free card, but it's really making sure that that person, that individual's life is more important that, that, than that one bad decision. So we're making sure they're getting the help that they need. We're making sure that you stick with them. You don't just leave them um, so that that person can really get that, that, in, that help from the right authorities. It's all about saving lives. Absolutely. And of course, we don't want anyone in that situation, but it is mm -hmm. important to know if you are to get help for that person, not to just be a bystander, but actually be proactive and get mm -hmm. help for them and just how to have the support you need. Yeah. Well, Abby, I really appreciate you talking to us today yeah. about underage drinking. I know there's lots of other subjects we can cover. <laughs> Anything I left out you want to add or? No, um, I'll leave you with this. There is research that proves that having that sit down meal with your child, talking to them, um, not lecturing them, talking to them, getting their feedback, letting them talk to you. Uh, I know it can feel like pulling teeth sometimes, but that's so important. Um, the more family time, the better. And um, even though it's legal, it doesn't mean it's always safe. So making sure your child knows that is really important. And thank you for having me. <laughs>